When it comes to ERP selection, macro and micro view both are equally important. So from the macro perspective, you are looking at the publisher's financial standing, publisher's roadmap strategy, etc. So that is the macro view. So we forecast the list based on the macro view, and that is going to be top 10 ERP vendors in 2024. So let's dive in. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hello everyone, my name is Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. We help our clients with digital transformation strategy, change management, enterprise technology selection, enterprise architecture. On that note, let's go back to today's topic, which is going to be the top 10 vendors in 2024. Just to be clear, this list is not of the systems or the individual products. This is of the vendors, the companies, the macro view. We had published this in 2023 as well. So there are some overarching changes in the list. For example, the vendors such as your Plex, Odoo, Unit 4 are no longer ranking in the top 10. Now, the criteria that we use to do this research as well as compile this list is number one, the market share of these vendors. And that is going to be how prominent they are overall from the market share perspective. The acquisition strategy. In this particular case, we look at their overarching strategy, not the product specific strategy. Then we are also looking at their investment in the community ecosystem, win rate, which industries they are winning, what is their technology roadmap, technology strategy. We also look at which are the investors that are investing with these vendors. So these are all of different factors that we combine to be able to compile this list. So now let's look at the list. So number 10 on our list is Deltek. And last year at this spot, we had Odoo. And Deltek shared this ranking with QAD Plex Unit 4 at number 8. So the reason why there is a change in this list at this point of time, number 10, is because Deltek is with Rupert Technologies, which is not as big private equity as Thama Bravo. And that typically drives and the strategy of the private equity firm or the investor is also going to drive whether they are a long-term investor, how much success that they had with any software companies that they had acquired in the past. So we are not as bullish overall uh, from the upper perspective. And that's why we are more bullish on QAD because of Thama Bravo. Now, the other things that are driving Deltek's ranking, by the way, Deltek still is part of top 10 because we are extremely confident in Deltek because of its market share, especially in the architecture, government contracting, as well as the construction space, they are still 
the market leader in that space but we have not seen as much changes as much uh, momentum in their portfolio and that's why we are not as excited but they are still a very strong vendor if you are going to be in these three micro verticals so that's number 10. Now number nine on our list is Acumatica. And this is the similar ranking as last year. We have not had much changes primarily because, uh, you know, Acumatica, even though they have made some changes overall from the roadmap functionality perspective, but they have not been as prominent as what we have seen with the other vendors. At this point of time, Acumatica is still in that smaller segment where they are attacking the target verticals of 10 to roughly $100 million. That is their sweet spot. 90% of their logos are probably going to be in this particular patch. They are very strong with distribution, construction, light manufacturing. They are not as seasoned with the strong manufacturing where other manufacturing solutions are going to be slightly more stronger there. The challenges that we see with Acumatica is number one pricing model. It's highly unpredictable when you go from industry to industry, even though they try to commercialize this as the consumption based business model, but forecasting that could be a challenge and predicting that could be a challenge, not just in the short term, but also in the long term. So overall, we are still very confident with Acumatica, at least with companies that are going to require the operational functionality primarily focused in North America or maybe a couple of uh, developed countries. Acumatica is the right fit, but they might not be as a strong fit overall when you are looking for slightly more global solution or looking for operationally rich solution. So that's number nine. Now number eight on our list is QAD, which has seen some more improvement in the ranking, even though they are still at number eight, but they have pushed out the other vendors that they were sharing this spot with. So that's why QAD is now leading or QAD is at number eight. So major changes that we are seeing with QAD is with their product strategy. And right now, if you look at the number of years that their new private equity has spent with them, it's roughly what, two or three years. So in Thama Bravo, they are known to build massive, massive enterprise software companies. So we are extremely, extremely bullish that, you know, they are going to make massive changes with QAD as well before they exit. And typical timeline for any software company is going to be five to 10 years. They have already made some prominent announcements that we don't see with other private equity or the enterprise software vendors here. They are investing in product innovation as well as technology, which we have not seen with other either corporate investors or private equity. For example, Coke acquired Infor, they have made a lot of changes, but for, for the most part, there has not been as much changes in, in the product or the technology itself. The same thing goes with companies such as your Constellation Software or Aptheen. Their strategy is around making marketing look really good as well as integrating, but overall, they are not making the foundational changes from the technology and product perspective. And this is where Thama Bravo is very, very, very different. 
They also have some of the uh, the hottest technologies as part of their portfolio, Anaplan, Coupa, Project 44. All of these are billion, billion dollar valuation companies. So we are going to see a lot more collaboration synergies coming with these uh, companies in their portfolio. So that's why QAD is really hot. They have also made some very interesting acquisitions. Now, these acquisitions were more from the HCM category perspective. This is the human capital management HR category, as well as sort of the overlap uh, with your MES. We had seen these trends with Plex, where uh, Plex combined a lot more MES, a lot more uh, HCM component as part of their software, because in those patches, the HCM processes were tightly embedded as part of your workflow. So now QAD is heading in the same direction as well. We have seen similar trends with IFS2, but QAD is definitely heading in the right direction. And that's why we are super, super bullish on QAD. And that's why it is at number eight. Now, number seven on our list is IFS. And IFS has seen overall, they have been winning logos left and right, especially in the enterprise category. And most of the other vendors on this list are not necessarily positioned or not necessarily able to win the enterprise logos just yet. But IFS has successfully done that. Now, in the case of IFS, they sell both. They sell ERP as well as best of breed. So sometimes it might be harder to understand whether they are winning because of the entire ERP installation or are they winning business only in the case of EAM or the field service. Their penetration strategy at this point of time is still going to be to lead with the best of breed. And typically they are going to be installed with SAP Oracle's installation for the best of breed scenario with EAM as well as for the field service, but they are the market leader in these categories in the enterprise phase. So that's what makes them very strong. They are also very unique with their product strategy. The industries that they are targeting are very unique and they are probably one of the only companies that are really strong in those verticals. And that is going to be your oil and gas, energy, utility, telecom, etc. IFS is really, really strong there. And these are the companies that are going to be asset intensive, they are going to be very strong. They are going to require the field service capabilities that are going to be enterprise grade. So that's why IEFS is really strong there. Now, some of the acquisitions that IFS has made that is very consistent with their strategy, which is going to be in improving the enterprise workflows for the predictive maintenance from the enterprise uh, asset maintenance perspective. That's what excites us from the IFS perspective. So that's number seven. <laughs> Now, number six on our list is Apicor. And Apicor also has made substantial changes. And one of the positive things about Apicor is now they are part of the billion dollar club as well. So that's the validation of their strategy that they are able to win a lot in the market. Their technology roadmap has been impressive, even though they started on their cloud journey much later than a lot of other legacy vendors, but their cloud offering is looking much better just because of that kinetic UI UX experience that they are able to build and their product strategy is extremely strong. And that's why they are able to deliver the features that are going to be very comparable 
to your cloud native technologies, especially on their major products. For example, Kinetic and Profit21, they are really ahead with respect to technology innovation perspective. So that's why we are really excited about Apicor. They have also made some very interesting acquisitions, especially about Industry 4.0, Lost Mile, as well as upgrading their cloud capabilities. So they are going to have very similar architecture. They will be able to deliver very similar architecture as some of the other best of breed vendors comparable to your SAP, Oracle, Infor, Microsoft. So Apicor is definitely heading in the right direction. And that's why we have seen improvement with Apicor's ranking on our list. So that's number six. Now, number five on our list is Sage. And Sage is primarily focused in the mid-market as well as the smaller verticals. Their primary distribution strategy is they go after the accounting firms. For the most part, Sage is not necessarily an ERP vendor, but they still have large market share. They used to have much better portfolio when they had so many different uh, you know, solutions in the on-prem world, Sage 200, 300, 500, all of those uh, were slightly thicker in capabilities. But when you look at their cloud uh, you know, positioning, their ERP positioning is not as strong. The Sage X3 portfolio is not seeing as much momentum when we have interviewed their customers as well as partners. They are not as invested in Sage X3. And their claim is that they are investing a lot more in the Sage Intact portfolio, which is the smaller to mid-sized business. They have come up with the manufacturing addition. But overall, when you look at the core ERP capabilities of Sage Intact, it's a great accounting solution. In fact, it could be an accounting solution for larger enterprises. But overall, from the ERP capabilities perspective, it's really weak as of today. And that's why we are not as excited about Sage. So that's number five. Number four on our list is Infor. And Infor is the only vendor after the, the large vendors, which is going to be your Microsoft SAP Oracle. They are able to provide the same best of breed architecture, similar to IFS. Infor is winning the enterprise uh, logos as well. They are moving up market, even though they are not able to win as large logos as SAP and Oracle, but they are definitely um, an option, especially if you are going to be looking at more in the subsidiary scenario where if a large uh, company or the Fortune 500, they don't want to streamline the ERP across the board, then typically they are going to be using multiple ERP at the operational level. In those scenarios, in four products could be a great fit. Maybe you want to consolidate all of your America's operations or maybe Europe operations. In those scenarios, Infor product could be a great fit, especially if some of these countries are going to be very heavy in manufacturing or the verticals where Infor is really strong. But overall, from the Infor's perspective, they have a lot of uh, solutions in their portfolio. They have very, very similar best of breed strategy that they will be able to build the way your SAP Oracle uh, you know, are able to build. So that's why we are still excited about Infor. The challenge with Infor is that right now, they are not able to invest as much on their technology product. We are not seeing any exciting announcements from Infor overall. So that is slightly concerning. That's number four. <music> 
Number three on our list is Microsoft. And Microsoft has two leading products. Both are equally booming. You have Microsoft Dynamics Finance and Operations as well as Business Central. The FNO product is positioned for upper mid-market um, you know, enterprises. Business uh, Central product is positioned for smaller to mid-size companies. Now, both of these products are very strong in the cloud. They both have massive, massive ecosystem. And sometimes their ecosystem is not even comparable to any other vendors. So that's a huge excitement. You have uh, uh, some very credible developers, in fact, ERP companies that are developing on top of the solutions such as Business Central. So uh, this is going to be a great fit, especially when you are looking at the holding company scenario or the private equity company scenario where you are trying to streamline all of your entities uh, across the globe. That's where Microsoft products are going to be extremely friendly because they are going to provide localization in one product across those countries and you can still get the industry specific functionality from the community. Now the challenge uh, with Microsoft is that since the community is so large, sometimes it might be harder to validate these add-ons, uh, you know, which are credible, how many times have they installed. They are not going to be doing as much reporting as the OEM, so it's very, very, very hard to assess you know, the quality of these add-ons. And typically that is going to drive whether your implementation is going to work or not. There are some very, very, very credible vendors in the Microsoft space, but there are not so credible vendors and they may have created, uh, you know, an add-on and may have been installed only once or twice. So sometimes it could be hard. The other uh, challenge with Microsoft is overall the Microsoft channel is not as governed or tightly governed as uh, some of the other vendors. So that poses another challenge. So that's where you might want to utilize either an advisory or independent consulting firm to find out, okay, how's their market share? Because some of this data is not going to be available in the market. So only the companies that are tracking these spaces on a daily basis will be able to tell you how strong a particular solution is or a company is. On that note, we are still bullish on Microsoft and that's why it ranks at number three on our list for this year. Now, number two on our list is SAP. SAP still has the market share in the enterprise space. We have seen significant momentum overall with their cloud installation, the legacy installations moving to SAP S4HANA cloud. We have seen significant uptake in their public cloud as well. The major challenge with SAP at this point of time, even today, even though they are trying their best, to promote cloud as much as possible. Now there is going to be a massive gap in terms of the on-prem functionality as well as their cloud product, as well as the cloud product is not going to have as deep operational functionality. So that poses a challenge overall from the implementation perspective. And that's why we might see a lot more failure even with SAP, just because now you require much stronger enterprise architecture expertise to be able to determine, okay, if you are building all of these best of breed scenarios, so how are all of these pieces going to work together? If you are going to be using any add-ons, even in the case of SAP, then you need to vet them, okay, whether they are credible, whether they have been proven, uh, you know, what is going to be the transactional workload that these uh, add-ons might be able to handle because they may be designed from a very different perspective. Their team may not be as qualified as the SAP internal team, even though they are going to argue that that is going to be developed on the SAP stack, they might be certified. But again, it's very, very, very hard to assess unless you have seen them being proven 
as your SAP. Once they go through number of cycles, then only you are going to know whether you can trust these add-ons or the added technologies on top of the core product or not. So that is the challenge with SAP. The other challenge with SAP is their mid-market positioning. They don't have a dominant mid-market strategy compared to your Microsoft Oracle. So their position in the market at this point of time is weak. They are pushing SAP S4 HANA product even for the smaller companies, but for the most part, that is going to be significantly overwhelming. And these companies might struggle with SAP S4 HANA just because they might not be ready for the enterprise functionality, enterprise workload that is going to slow them down, that is going to be over bloated. So that's why um, you know SAP does not have as strong position in all of the market segment. And that's why they rank at number two on our list for this year. Now number one on our list is Oracle. And Oracle still has very dominant position for the mid-market as well as for enterprise. The verticals that Oracle has are slightly different their verticals are going to be slightly more service-centric as opposed to product-centric, both uh, you know, for NetSuite as well as uh, for Oracle uh, Cloud ERP. NetSuite does target some of the retail e-commerce verticals, which is very similar to your Oracle Cloud ERP as well, because there the overall scope of ERP is not going to be as much as what you are going to see in the industrial distribution manufacturing space just because of the embeddedness of the processes that you require there. So overall, the vertical focus is very, very, very different of Oracle, but Oracle is still a market leader in both of these market segments. Oracle is also the solution where they can provide uh, best of breed functionality. They have HCM product, which is very, very, very strong, uh, you know, for some of the verticals such as your public sector not-for-profit, where you would require HCM as part of your ERP and the processes need to be embedded. The SEM product position for these verticals is very different as well because you would require far more customization. The workflows are very different. Typically, it's very hard to accommodate them as part of your core ERP functionality. So that's why Oracle shines in those verticals. The same assumptions might not be applicable in the other verticals. So Oracle still dominates uh, these verticals and they are growing in their cloud footprint and they have matured their ERP strategy overall from both perspectives. They are becoming stronger in the healthcare space as well. That's why we are super bullish on Oracle uh, even in 2024 and there are no changes in their ranking. And that's why they rank at number one on our list. Now, there are going to be some other vendors that could not make in the top 10 list, but that does not mean that they are not going to be fit for you. Each vendor, each product has a place in the market, but you need to understand where they fit, where they shine, what is their place, what is their sweet spot. Most vendors are going to be overclaiming their capabilities just because they are trying to win. Sometimes salespeople are trying to win just because they are not coached enough uh, or trained enough. So sometimes they don't even know that they are overclaiming. But understanding where their sweet spot is going to help you to select the right product as well as uh, you know being successful with that product. So now the other vendors that you should be looking at. <laughs> Number 11 on our list is Unit 4. And Unit 4 was at number 8 last year, sharing the spot with UAD and some other vendors. But now they are at number 11. For the most part, they are positioned in the public sector as well as in the university space, not for profit. That's where they really shine. 
they are going to be slightly bigger solution from blackboard blackboard rules the small to medium size uh, you know category unit for a slightly more enterprise vendor the reason why they, they are not top 10 is because their uh, solution is not as diversified as applicable as some of the other vendors and that creates a challenge that they are not going to be applicable for everybody and that's why they rank at number 11. Number 12 on our list is Plex and Plex used to share number eight spot in the last year's ranking, which has been substantially downgraded. The primary reason is the lack of momentum. Since their acquisition with Rockwell, we were thinking that Rockwell is going to be super committed with Plex and they are going to be investing a lot, but we have not seen that. For the most part, Plex was always more of the MAS solution. They are not as committed in building the ERP functionality. Their install base is there, but it's not increasing as much. Uh, it's very slow upgrade overall. So that's why we are not as bullish on Plex anymore. And that's why it ranks at number 12 on our list. <laughs> Number 13 on our list is Odoo and Odoo used to be number 10. Now they are at number 13. Overall, we are super positive on Odoo. In fact, if you look at our ERP systems list, they are going to rank at number 10, I believe. But overall, from the vendor perspective, we are not as bullish anymore with Odoo is because of the momentum with the other vendors that we have seen. With Odoo, it's a great solution. It's a great alternative for QuickBooks or companies that are going to be in that segment. But right now, as of today, their capabilities are not going to be as mature comparable to some of these other enterprise vendors. Their market strategy is very SMB, very Sage-like, very QuickBooks-like, the way they are penetrating their market through accounting firms. That's why the large accounting firms are super bullish on Odoo, but overall there, uh, you know, if you look at the operational capabilities from the ERP perspective, they are not as mature just because they are winning a lot more in the SMB space and there is nothing fundamentally wrong about that particular market vertical. It's just that they are not as mature ERP solution, especially if you are going to be, let's say a hundred million dollar company, 200, 250 billion dollar company, then Odoo might not be the best fit, at least as of today, based on their current market strategy. And that's why they rank at number 13 on the list for this year. Number 14 on our list is Aptine. And Aptine targets the lower market segment compared to your Infor Apicore. They are focused primarily in the food and beverage space as well as DTC verticals. They have some distribution exposure as well. But for the most part, their strategy is very similar to owning some of the verticals or the geos where you are going to require very unique functionality and they want to consolidate all of these legacy solutions and improve the marketing. That's how Aptine has approached the market, but overall they are not investing as much on the product itself. At least that's what we have not seen from their perspective. And that's why they rank at number 14 on our list. Number 15 on our list is ECI Software Solutions. And ECI is present in much lower market, which is going to be comparable to your Odoo's market, uh, or that is going to be a QuickBooks-like market. Uh, so these are very, very, very small solutions. A lot of the solutions that they have in their portfolio are very unique overall from the data model perspective, from the process perspective. 
that resonates with some companies that are not willing to learn or adopt the ERP business processes. So they do really, really well in those spaces. Now, uh, there is nothing fundamentally wrong about using these solutions, but that is going to deviate your business processes, business model uh, from the standard market segment. And sometimes that could be a concern when your private equity is going to acquire your company, then you should be concerned um, you know, if they are going to be on the solutions owned by ECI because they deviate majorly overall from the enterprise data model perspective that is prevalent with the major ERP vendors. So there could be a substantial risk with these solutions. You may need to invest a lot more in change management in cleansing the data model. And sometimes that could be terribly difficult because of the support for the legacy transactions. So that's why ECI is at number 15 on our list. Now, number 16 on our list is ERP Next, which is very comparable to Odoo. ERP Next is not going to have as much market share, as much community as Odoo. They are slightly more emerging, upcoming vendor, but they also have very strong community momentum where people are super bullish about ERP Next. They are committing to it and their logos that we have seen uh, are slightly more service-centric Odoo targets logos that are going to be in product-centric majority of their logos. Obviously, they are going to have the not-for-profit and the other verticals as well. But for the most part, ERP Next uh, is going after the not-for-profit, um, you know, where you are going to require a lot more flexibility overall from the ERP workflow perspective. So that's why ERP Next ranks at number 16 on our list. <laughs> Number 17 on our list is Certinia, which is the new name for Financial Force. And this is the ERP system in the Salesforce ecosystem. And Salesforce is booming. So any ERP systems that are going to be part of Salesforce ecosystem are probably going to receive a lot more attention in general. So Financial Force targets uh, you know, any of the professional services centric verticals, and they are still doing okay overall from the ERP penetration perspective, but they are not as strong some of the other vendors and that's why they rank at number 17 on our list now number 18 on our list is workday which some people might argue that that's not a real erp system but now depending upon the verticals that you are looking at in some cases they might be positioned as erp because they have the finance they have the hcm and that might be enough for some of the verticals so understanding the micro industry understanding micro vertical is critical. So in those verticals, Workday may be regarded as an ERP system, but they are not a full-fledged ERP system, at least as of today. And that's why they rank at number 18 on our list. Number 19 on our list is Rootstock. Rootstock is also an ERP system focused on medical device manufacturing, engineer to order in the Salesforce ecosystem. As of today, they don't have as many logos as some of the other ERP systems on or the vendors on our list, but they have been receiving significant momentum uh, from the large consulting firms. So that makes them a vendor to watch and that's why they rank at number 19 on our list. Number 20 on our list is Cispro. Cispro is the vendor primarily from South Africa. They have a lot 
of installations in South Africa, they are very well penetrated. Uh, even in North America as well, for the most part, their target verticals have been food and beverage, um, you know, manufacturing, distribution. That's where they were really present. Their bigger challenge was the technology, but recently they have been making a lot of changes in their technology. So they are definitely a vendor to watch and you should probably consider them if you are going for your ERP selection. And that's number 20. Now, number 21 is Zoho. Some people might argue that Zoho is probably not an ERP system, which is probably true, but there is always a thin line between what is an ERP vendor and what is a not an ERP vendor. For the most part, Zoho has very similar strategies. Odoo, Odoo's data model is going to be far tighter than your Zoho's uh, data model, and that's what provides them the flexibility. That's what makes it easier for these smaller companies, and that's why you don't need as much consulting help with Zoho. So their target market is very similar to Odoo ERP Next, but for the most part, Zoho may not necessarily be an ERP vendor, but in some cases, they might be okay, especially in the smaller verticals, and that's why they rank at number 21 on now 22 on our list is blackboard and blackboard is the small to medium size you know vendor for the not-for-profit space they have a lot of products in their portfolio focusing on the operational functionality for not-for-profit and they have very 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 deep operational functionality for these not-for-profit there are some erp systems in their portfolio that are not necessarily an erp system but they are going to have accounting so some people are going to argue that okay they are probably an erp they are also running a lot of challenges with their technology upgrade at this point of time their technology is not as modern they have had some challenges from the cybersecurity issues perspective in the recent years and uh, even today their technology experience is very patchy that's what we keep hearing from our customers so and that's why they rank at number 22 on our list number 23 on our list is advantive and advantive is the new vendor that is created in the last two years they have a lot of uh, solutions in their portfolio which were dominant in those micro verticals distribution one ddi and these are very 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 small uh, you know verticals so this is a very similar vendor their uh, market strategy is going to be very similar to your eci but eci is focused more on ddc e-commerce centric verticals the advantage is going to be focused on slightly stronger distribution manufacturing vertical but the size is going to be very similar to your eci Advantive also have very unique strategy. They are trying to combine the SPS, MES as part of their portfolio, as well as some of the 3PL mix, which is very, very, very unique because this integration was always a challenge, especially in the lower mid-market segment. And that's why they are investing in this integration and consolidation. But from our experience, they are probably not going to be investing as much in the technology as well as product so the experience is still going to be clunky but at least you have the backing of very large private equity who is driving the this particular company so they are definitely a vendor that you should probably look at so that's number 23 so that's it for this list 
And this list was for the ERP vendors, which is the macro perspective that you should consider for your ERP selection. If you enjoyed this list, then we are going to include an article which is going to have far detailed analysis. So uh, you might want to check the link. Also, uh, if you have not checked our digital transformation report for 2024, we cover uh, you know all of these lists as well as a lot of different matrix and insights that you can use for your digital transformation initiatives. So you might want to check that. You can find the link in the description. Also, if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, we publish these videos on a weekly basis. So you might want to do that. Also, you prefer if you prefer audio form, this podcast is also available uh, on Apple, Spotify, Google. So you might want to check there and subscribe. On that note, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.